Welcome to the Knowledge at Wharton podcasts. Knowledge at Wharton is the online research and business analysis journal of the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. For more information, please visit our website at knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Support for Knowledge at Wharton podcasts comes from Vanguard, offering investments designed to help individuals and institutions reach their long-term financial goals at Vanguard.com. Follow the sun, predicting population growth in the U.S. The greatest future growth in the United States is likely to take place in the West, the Sun Belt, and along the I-85 corridor between Raleigh, North Carolina, and Atlanta, Georgia. In a literal sense, Americans are following the sun, since factors such as the number of bright or Sundays in January and the absence of winter heating costs are significant aspects of this anticipated redistribution of population. The areas that can expect the largest drop in population or a slowdown in their rate of growth are mostly in the North Atlantic, Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest. Americans are rapidly leaving cold, damp, and snowy areas for sunnier and drier climates, note Wharton real estate professors Peter Linneman and Albert Seitz in their study forecasting 2020 U.S. county and MSA populations. One notable exception is the city of New Orleans, which the authors found to be in a steep population decline even before factoring in the impact of Hurricane Katrina. According to the researchers' predictions, the hardest-hit area will be the city and county of Baltimore, Maryland, which is in a no-growth pattern that could cost them 100,000 residents, or roughly 15% of Baltimore's 2,000 population by 2020. On the opposite side of the country, and the scale, is Clark County, Nevada, including the city of Las Vegas, which is due to experience the greatest regional growth as a percentage of its metropolitan population. By 2020, that desert hub of good weather, gambling, tourism, and an easy lifestyle should see a metro population cresting very close to 3 million. That works out to a gain as a percentage of total population of just over 85%, or 1.35 million new inhabitants. Prospective real estate developers had better buy a good pair of sunglasses and some sunblock, the researchers suggest. Cities in competition. Cities will have to start thinking of growth in a more competitive way, says Seitz. To an extent, this is already happening. The strategy used to be that if you wanted to attract jobs and nurture growth, a city would try to attract the big firms. That isn't enough now. As the authors see a new United States taking shape, many variables come into play. The kind of amenities that a city or region has to offer emerge as key ingredients in the high-growth formula. Growth today, Seitz notes, is based on quality of life, prevailing trends, the availability of parks and recreation, the character and variety of the architecture, the climate, taxes, and above all, the quality of education available in any given location. Of all the demographic, economic, political, geological, and weather-related growth indicators, the authors single out education as the most compelling and permanent factor. Growth means more than jobs, jobs, and more jobs, cites cautions. The brightest, most highly skilled, most sought-after workers are going to be attracted to the cities with the most amenities. Increasingly, the jobs are following the workers rather than people following the jobs. These workers have to be sure that educational opportunities are going to be there for them and their children. In short, smart cities grow faster. We find the same to be true on the county level. A new paradigm for growth. Traditionally, cities and metro regions are places where productivity occurs because of the presence of employment opportunities. But, as the authors point out, a sweeping paradigm shift is already underway. Now, cities will also have to measure their importance and their attractiveness in terms of consumption. Simply put, is the city in question a place where people, especially highly skilled workers, consumers, will want to spend their time and money? 
Only those cities and regions where the answer can be an unequivocal yes should expect significant growth. The authors caution that measuring and interpreting these demographic and economic factors can only account for about 75% of the population growth that is likely to take place. This reasoning is based on the success of past forecasting and also on observation in the field. Growth surprises do occur, they write. In the 1950s, who could have predicted that Benton County, Arkansas would emerge as the center of the biggest commercial empire in world history? Benton County, of course, is the headquarters of Walmart and makes just about anybody's list for population growth. Or, as the researchers put it, statistical analysis cannot predict who the next Sam Walton will be and where he or she will be based. Still, even at 75% accuracy, which seems substantial enough, the uses of forecasting county and regional growth through 2020 are myriad. No economic sector is more enthralled by this information than real estate, because population growth always derives real estate development opportunities. Winners and losers. County by county, the top 10 most likely locations for population growth are Maricopa County, Phoenix Mesa, Arizona, Los Angeles County, Los Angeles Long Beach, California, Clark County, Las Vegas, Nevada, including parts of Arizona, Harris County, Houston, Texas, Orange County, Orange County, California, Miami-Dade, Miami, Florida, Riverside County, Riverside, San Bernardino, California, Broward County, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Dallas County, Dallas, Texas, San Diego County, San Diego, California. The top 10 losers, county by county, are predicted to be Baltimore County, Baltimore, Maryland, Oswego County, Syracuse, New York, Herkimer County, Utica, Rome, New York, Cayuga County, Syracuse, New York, Chautauqua County, Jamestown, New York, Allegheny County, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Cambria County, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, St. Charles County, New Orleans, Louisiana, Terrebonne County, Huma, Louisiana, St. Bernard County, New Orleans, Louisiana. The authors point out that while the major metro areas of the Northeast will experience considerable growth in terms of numbers, it is likely to be pretty slow, and new residents as a percentage of population will lag. Only a relatively small number of major metro areas are predicted to lose overall population. They include New Orleans, Syracuse, Rochester, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Youngstown Warren. Some other cities will experience mild growth in their suburbs, but will generally not keep up with prevailing U.S. population growth patterns. These cities include Cleveland, Philadelphia, Detroit, Milwaukee, New Haven, and St. Louis. Rapid growth will be concentrated in warm, sunny locations like California, Arizona, New Mexico, Florida, and the greater Seattle metro area. Other places where new arrivals will add to the overall population in a significant way are Salt Lake City, the Denver North-South Corridor, the state of Texas, the Atlanta-Charlotte-Raleigh Corridor, and the Chicago-Madison region. What the authors term substantial population inflows can be projected for Atlanta, Chicago, Phoenix, New York, Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles, Orlando, and Denver. By 2020, the total U.S. population is expected to reach 336 million people. That factors in an anticipated increase of 53.7 million new Americans between 2000 and 2020. The U.S. population is projected to reach 3 million this fall, according to a report from the U.S. Census Bureau earlier this week. While most statistics point to continued long-term urban population growth, the specific urban areas that will benefit from that growth could have a major impact on the society and culture of America by mid-century. Between now and 2050, immigrants and their offspring will account for approximately half of the total growth in the U.S. population. Americans of European and African origin will find themselves part of a country increasingly populated by Mexican-Americans, Chinese-Americans, 
Korean Americans, Indian Americans, and Filipino Americans, as well as many other diverse immigrant groups. Another key finding in their forecasts is that immigrants tend to concentrate wherever previous immigrants have settled. These immigrant enclaves are attractive to newcomers because of kinship ties, shared language, the existence of common amenities, and public goods. In their data mining, the authors measured each county's share of foreign-born population as far back as 1980. They also discovered that very young and very old populations tend to grow more slowly. Areas where there are large populations between the ages of 25 and 65 seem to grow the fastest and appear to hold the most attraction for newcomers. Because these also happen to be the peak earning years, it is reasonable to surmise that the economies in those areas will also be robust enough to lure new inhabitants. Red versus blue. Over time, Republican-dominated counties have tended to grow faster. Does this add new substance to the red state versus blue state debate? Not according to sites. Population growth is not necessarily associated with politics, he suggests. Other variables have to be taken into consideration. Many of the metropolitan areas in red states have geographic attributes that are associated with growth. There is no causality between growth and political orientation, sites adds. You have to keep in mind that the growing states are attracting very diverse populations. Over time, there will be a definite process of change and conversion. What's thought of as a red state now may look just like the rest of the country in 30 years. Among the researchers, other key observations is that counties adjacent to the coastlines of the Atlantic, Pacific, and Great Lakes grow more slowly than inland counties. In contrast, mountain areas are generally popular. Also, the age and character of the housing stock in an area has an impact. All things being equal, the authors write, areas with older housing stocks experience slower decline than expected. The reason for this might be associated with the fact that the very old housing stock that has survived was generally built for high-income families and is of good quality. That counts as a very desirable amenity in the competition among cities. Reflecting the essentially uncertain nature of forecasting, the authors note that many unexpected places will be winners or losers in the game of future local real estate development.